Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. All right, Veritas, we are back with another episode of our equipping podcast focusing on our essential elements of discipleship. We want to remember that as a church, our goal is to raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, and glorify God. And in to do that, we've identified six different elements of discipleship. They are worship, abide, learn, connect, invest, and go. And these are things that we want to be focused on as a church, things that we're intentionally being shaped in and um, things that help us to grow uh, more for God's glory. So this morning, I'm excited. We're going to be um, chatting with Matt and Jess here. Matt, say hello. What's up? And Jess. Hello. Good morning. Yeah. Awesome. So got the Tatees in the house. Uh, excited to chat with them about learning some educators who are going to educate us on being educated. Let's do right? this. Yeah. School is in session. I love it. So before we jump into our topic discussion this morning, uh, Matt and Jess just want to hear a little bit about you guys, life updates, summer plans. Matt, we just had the Elder podcast, so hopefully people have had a chance to so listen to shut that. shut your and mouth, Matt, and yeah, let Jessica your, talk. Your is that you, yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. Thank you. Stop <laughs> no. talking. And uh, this feels a little weird not having Caleb across here because we have agreement to laugh at each other's jokes, and then it just makes it funny. You yeah, know, Caleb didn't time. get invited to He's this not podcast. invited, so my wife does not laugh at my jokes like Caleb does. <laughs> so um, I guess we're going to have to just roll with it. But um, yeah, since the Elder Podcast, I think just finished up school. Uh, we're f- summer is in full swing for us with uh, three boys, you know, 14, 12, and eight. And um, they're doing the baseball gig and a little bit of basketball here and there. And um, so it's fun to just follow them around a little bit. And they just, uh, we just got back from the Boundary Waters with uh, nice. my sixth grade son. So uh, just some refreshing time up there and just to un- unwind and catch a lot of fish. And um, and since then, he's been uh, fishing crazy. So uh, we've been doing a lot, of, a lot of that lately as well, which is what a summer should be filled with, right? So, uh, but yeah, things are well. We're rolling into summer and uh, looking forward to just kind of relaxing from work here a little bit. And once July hits and then starting back up, obviously, August. So Sweet. Jess, tell us about you. Yeah, so... I just actually finished up my 20th year of teaching, and so I love the summer because it is just a time to rejuvenate um, and just have more time, quality time with the boys. So I've been kind of doing a little chauffeuring, lots of games, um, but we're loving our time together in a little bit slower schedule, but um, our calendar fills up pretty quickly with all of their events. Yeah, I bet. So. What, what grade do you teach right now? Well, I... I uh, have been fourth grade for a long time, but I'm actually going to jump to the middle school next year okay. and teach fifth grade. That's so sweet, yeah. Very cool. So a little change coming. Have you been just in elementary the whole time for twenty years? Okay. Fourth grade, right. so wow. it was a big change. Wow! I, I yeah. proposed to her in her classroom. No way. Yes, it was awkward, but I mean, <laughs> it was it was that's what happened. <laughs> that's so. pretty sweet. I love it. That's great. So couple of educators, uh, for those of you that don't know. So you yep. guys are both at um, Mount Vernon. Yeah, Mount Vernon. Right. Yeah. Yep. So Jess has been in fourth grade. I've uh, actually bounced around. I was two years at Bent Community. I was okay. eight years at Cedar Rapids Prairie. And then I took an administrator role at Mount Vernon. So I've been in education for, this will be my 20th year uh, coming up and Jess's 21st year. So um, Jess's parents were educators. So um, yeah. Sweet. I love it. So we are here this morning 
chat about what it means when we talk about discipleship and the element of learning, why that's an important thing. So something that um, we've said, so you look at like Second Peter 3.18, we see that a disciple of Jesus is someone who grows in their knowledge of God, but it's not just for the sake of being a smarter person. Correct. It's about learning and being familiar with and being shaped by the truths of scripture. So it's not just information transfer but a, a heart transformation, right? So more than more than information, but heart transformation. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. When you guys think about learning and why it's important to be a disciple of Jesus and somebody that learns about God and learns about the scriptures and how those apply, what scriptures come to mind? What encourage you? What are the things that we should apply to our life here? Um, and I might even be jumping to application right away okay, with this, fine. but, but, um, with right away, we've been reading through the Veritas reading plan. And so like Kings, we, you know, we finished up with Joshua judges and then now we're Samuel and we're into the Kings and, and, um, and there's just lots of great commands that come from and lessons that I learned from those Kings and those judges and all mm-hmm. of those, all those stories. But one of the things that really, really stuck out to me is in the front side of that, especially like it, and it probably starts as early as Joshua, you know, Joshua one and one seven only be strong and courageous be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand to the left that you may have good success in whatever mm-hmm. you do. So this law, this idea of God's words, God's instruction, that we are to, to meditate on that, to write on our foreheads, to, um, to use it for our instruction. And then he goes on to say even like, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase this, but basically it's, hey, if you follow me, and you do what I ask you to do, like, I'm going to take care of your food. I'm going to take care of your enemies. I'm going to take care of your um, uh, where you're living. Hey, I'm going to take care yeah. of everything. You don't have to worry about one single thing. So just trust and follow me, you know? Mm. And so there's that instruction from the very start. And I just started thinking about that. I'm like, man, if someone offered us like today, like how would we respond? You know, how would we have responded similarly? Would we have gone after false idols? Would we have, you know, been caved to the culture? You know I mean? We see it all around us now, but like in short, they had everything they ever needed in that on that front side, and so like we, from the very start of this, we see this command to like to write this on your hearts, to follow me, mm-hmm. to heed my words, to to you know all of those things. And so I think like God's word is so incredibly important that we need to study that, we need to remember that, remember everything that God has done. And so from when they then they crossed over the Jordan, right? They put twelve stones down in remembrance of who God is. And so um, we have this idea that God's word is you know they they had to rely on prophets and and people that God spoke to, we have God's word, right? I mean, so for us to remember who God is, tell those stories, who he is, what he's done, meditate on those things, delight in those things, make it the treasure of our heart. Um, and, and not everything's gonna be perfect as a Christian as we know that, but like when we, when he is the center, it does bring everything else into perspective. And so mm-hmm. I think that scripture from the start of things, I think is really, really important that Joshua one, seven through nine, um, and then it goes on to say, have I, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord, their God is with you wherever you go. And so, uh, take these things, um, be careful to do according to all that is written in it. You know, so I think to study that and learn that I think, uh, draws us closer to the character of God and who God truly is. Yeah. I love it. Um, Joshua 23, six is another one. Um, and so on the front side of Joshua's life, um, we see that, we see the command of Joshua as he's taking charge from Moses, but even just like, um, you know, at the end of it as well, he says, therefore be, you know, the very same instructions, you know, that he started with, therefore be very strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of the Moses turning aside from neither the right hand and neither to the left. And so again, 
study God's word, understand what he's done for you, meditate on the character of God, because that draws us back into worship of the holy God who is deserving and worthy of all of our praise, right? Sweet. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, the other thing that came to mind was just the greatest commandment that we're given in Matthew is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Hmm. And so the more that we grow our knowledge of who God is and what he has done, um, the more it draws us into worship. Yeah, so you see like that that last aspect of it with your mind and as we meditate on that and who the character of who God is, once again, we don't only see it in Joshua, but we also see it um, in the greatest commandment as well, right? And so um, if we are to love our Lord God with all of our mind, we have to know who he is. We have to know what his word says. We have to know um, all that he's done. And that's not just things in our life like, oh, he's taking care of us and giving us a house, but like, hey, let's remember back what happened in Egypt. Let's remember back what happened when they crossed over the Jordan. Let's remember how they took Jericho, you know, and all of these great stories and, you know, um, obviously accumulating to the point where we're, you know, Jesus on the cross and beyond, you know, and so remember those things and meditate on those things with your mind, love him with your mind and like, to love him is to know him and everything he's done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you also mentioned second Peter. Um, I think Jess had that one down. Is that right? Yeah, I think I, I think I said that. <laughs> yeah, Peter. yeah. Yeah. We had that one down as well. Sorry, I stole it from you no, guys. Thank you. You're thief. Yes. That's fine. Um, so as we, I mean, I think the bigger, bigger part of that is, is like the context, right? The context of what that is, um, why they're saying that as well, right? So to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, to, to him be the glory now and to the day of eternity. But mm. um, the verse before that says, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people, mm. right? So grow in the grace of, so the opposite is like, so grow in the grace and yeah. knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ, right. so that you're not taken away by the culture. And again, who's Peter talking to? Exiles who who are... Um, they're, they're encouraging them to look upward to heaven mm-hmm. because we are exiles. We are not of this world. We are of another world. So when you're persecuted, you're going to be persecuted. Um, here's some final instructions so that you're not carried away by the world. Um, grow in the grace and knowledge, right? Grow in yeah. this, this knowledge of who God is. So I think those are just some really key verses and we can't forget the purpose of that verse. It's not just to puff up, right? Knowledge, we don't want it to puff up. We want it to go ahead and, and instruct us to keep us away from the world so that points us heavenward towards Christ. Yeah, I love that. That made me, I don't know if you guys have this one, but I'm jumping. Second Timothy 3, 16, 17. Do you have that? So all scripture is breathed out yeah. by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, training, and righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Absolutely. So apart from God's word, we're incomplete. Yeah. Right. We don't know what to do, Yeah. but we have the Holy Spirit. We have God's word. We do know what we are to be corrected in, what we are to be trained in, what we are to be reproved in. And that ultimately is all about God's glory, not about us just being smarter people, right? Yeah. Um, sweet. I love that. How So when we're talking about learning as a disciple of Jesus, how do you see this practically play out in your life, maybe in your connection group or here at church as an elder or as a mom in your home like or in your classroom? What does this look like for you guys? Well, I think um, we talk about ministering out of the overflow, right? So um, even just what I shared this morning is recently what we've read through the Veritas reading plan that just sticks on us and what we do. Um, But I think uh, there's a couple things that we wrote down here as far as bullet points, but one is like, um, you know, just sharing the good news with others, right? And so as 
as we have conversations with people, um, we're able to share what we've either recently read or learned about. Mm -hmm. And that's typically where I would pull them from, you know? So, um, at the end of the year, when I get farther and farther away from Joshua, I'd have to go back and study notes, you know, but I'm hopefully it's something in Peter or something where, where I can pull it from and, and really share that with, with others. But, um, you know, Jess has been, one of the great things is, um, Jess is cared for one of our backyard neighbors. And so maybe you guys have heard me share this before, but um, Jim is 102. He will be. be, He's living by himself. He's 102. (laughs) Wow. So as you can imagine, um, like he can't go to the grocery store or anything like that. And so Jessica has probably for five plus, I don't know, we've lived in the house 10 years, but um, I don't know, five to seven years, she's been getting him groceries every week um, Hmm. for a long time. And Hmm. uh, Jim is an atheist. And, um, so just even sharing with, um, you know, we don't know why God's keeping him alive, you know, um, but he's sharp as a tack. He's a former engine, electrical engineer and, um, Jessica has cared for him. And, um, I think he's asked her a couple of times, like, why in the world are you doing this for me? You know? And, and so, I don't know, you've had the chance to share some things with him and, and, um, even our boys, you know, we'll talk about stories and our boys will go over and, and just the simplest of the truths, like even things that we've been reading, um, I remember there was a time Maddox shared something with him and Jim says, like, do you believe that? And he's like, yeah, duh, Jim, it's in the Bible, you know? (laughs) And it's like, so just like simple conversations that we're able to have um, through caring for others, but then what are we learning that we can share with him at that time? Um, You know, so I think that just, that translates over um, to different areas. Mm -hmm. Um, We're in a marriage, um, we're in a marriage study, I think, with a couple of people from our connection group. So okay. learning there, that's one of the one of the applications as well. So um, the marriage book. Um, so we taught a little bit on that um, in one of the classes, Marriage 201, I believe is what it is. Yep. Um, and so we taught one of the sections in there. And so we're going back and reading the book with some friends. And um, that's been really, really good as far as... Um, learning there. And so taking scripture and applying it to marriage and then entering into a context with community. Mm-hmm. So that has been another um, big time application. So to see fruit from that. And so out of the overflow there, um, we, uh, we have, we have certain struggles in marriage. Other people have certain struggles in marriage. You walk through that. I mean, you, you each have your thing, right? Mm-hmm. What's your, I don't know what your thing is, but whether it's money or in-laws or um, you know, whatever it is, trust or, or, or in, you know, unforgiveness or whatever. Um, but I recently we've, uh, had a conversation with even a, another friend of mine who I is a good friend of mine. And he just all of a sudden out of the blue entered into a conversation. Cause he heard me talk about, uh, a marriage, something that we were either laughing about or like, Hey, that's a real deal. You know, just talking, um, serious about something. And he just, he heard me and he's like, Hey, I want, I, I, I trust from what you were saying that you have some, some advice or insight into this. And so just being able to learn from that book and then all of a sudden that moment, have somebody have a moment of vulnerability that I thought would never ask me a question like that. Mm. And all of a sudden to enter in and start talking about um, things that I've learned from um, scripture in the marriage book, and then it has to have a 45 minute conversation and walk into that and then provide myself as a resource if they want to get together. It's like, that is out of the overflow. That is out of a place of learning, you know, that I think isn't the direct application, um, um, to, to that. Yeah. And then one other area that we've just seen the element of learn come into play is just as we shepherd our kids. Mm -hmm. So they're doing the Veritas reading plan along with us. And it's just fun to see them get up in the morning and our youngest, um, We'll look on the board to see what the reading is, but then he'll go grab his action Bible and find the pages in there. And then we just have good discussion. Like, oh yeah, I remember that story. Or They've corrected us 
a couple times. I mean, like on, I don't know. I love it. Yeah. There's been several times, but even like going to bed, Maddox was younger and, and you might've heard me share this story too, but like, he's like, dad, do you think I'll ever hear God's voice? You know, like on this earth. And I'm like, ah, probably not, buddy. He's given us everything in scripture, you know, that sort of thing. And, and then he, and, um, he goes, he goes, well, what about Eli and Samuel? You know? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's, I mean, I, you know, he audibly heard somebody and yeah. I go, well, buddy, I go, I guess I'm not the person to say that you would never hear God's voice on this earth. I mean, he can do whatever he wants to do. We have his word, but if he wants to reveal his voice to you, then by all means, he is God and he could do that. And he goes, dad, I bet he sounds funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, only a child could say, yeah. you know, and, uh, um, but, um, yeah. So I think they're just shepherding our kids and, uh, doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think even just another application is like, uh, for accountability, even like just going through the U version with, with friends as well. So mm. like, or account like our connection group. So our connection group is all like committed to doing the U version together one year before they had the Veritas reading plan. So every time we came together, we could not only just talk about the message, but we could also, we were all on the same page hmm. and guys were guys and girls were calling each other out. Like, and it's like, Hey, uh, John, see you behind a couple of days, you know, and just like in jest and funny, you know, like, but it's like to keep everybody, we want to be people of God's word that yeah. learn and study and know God's word. I mean, it's just, yeah, I think that's a great tool as well. Yeah. Hmm. Application point. Sweet. Anything else there? No. Okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Got a frog in my throat here. Uh, how has God grown you in this area when it comes to learning, which is interesting because I'm just kind of wondering where you guys, so being educators and knowing like knowing the value of learning information, being able to teach that to other people, like, has this just been something that since coming to know Christ, you guys have been like, yeah, let's keep keep learning, keep learning, keep sharing, doing that. Or what? What is we your are journey? biblical scholars? Yeah. We are no, <laughs> we are much. We have we have tons of growth. I mean, we are we are works in progress. We are. Um, we will never tell you that we have it all together. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, part of where we're at. Well, and I would even say too, having. Um, Younger kids was a harder season too. Just I felt like that was a, such a busy time. But mm. um, I did end up realizing though that that's one area that like I had to keep learning and um, I couldn't put that off. Um, but the other area that I feel like has been super encouraging is just surrounding yourself with other believers and being encouraged by them and hearing what they're reading and learning because that inspires you as mm-hmm. well um, and just really motivates you to. Um, my daily habit is just to get up each morning because if I don't do it first thing in the morning, um, the rest of the day kind of gets away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do really enjoy that time because it's the one time in our house that it's quiet and I just have um, my own time to think and read and reflect. Um, but that's kind of been my daily rhythm. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty sweet to see your wife up, you know, um, on her knees in, her, in the closet in a quiet space and has a big blue... Um, Study, yeah, commentary, study Bible open next to her regular Bible and then, you know, trying to gain insight. And then, you know, she'll, I'll wake up and she'll ask me questions, um, you know, from her reading or we'll talk about some of those things there. And, um, and so to see her doing that, I think just goes a long ways. Um, you know, I think, um, for me, I think 
I think it's, I love going through the Veritas reading plan. I love con the context. So before I came to Veritas, I think like, I don't know if I heard a ton of exegetical teaching. So like out of the scriptures, out of the text, we derive application, if that's a big word for some folks. And so I didn't know what it was until I got here. And um, so to, to feel for us to teach through the Bible and gain application and context and um, out of that text is a big, that was a big deal for me because I love to learn, right? And so I think um, relating it back to teaching a little bit, when I had to teach AP biology, I'll never forget one time in student teaching, and this may not surprise some folks, but um, I didn't know the answer to one of the questions a student asked. And so I just really tried to bluff it, you know, and uh, the student called me out and I looked like an idiot. And I went home that and I'm like, never again, will I bluff any answer in front of kids? They see through you, you know, like no other. And, um, I panicked, you know, I was new to, new to teaching. It was young and, um, I thought I could handle it. And that just, that was not going to be, not going to be the case. And so, um, what that motivated me to do was to make sure to go back and learn everything I need to know about that. And so oftentimes when I first started teaching AP biology at Cedar Rapids Prairie, I was only a week to two weeks ahead of the kids, right? I mean, and and the truth is if I knew that whole AP biology book, a college level bio curriculum, I was probably at doctorate level, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. so like, but I just didn't. And so I had to continuously study and learn and study and learn and study and learn. And out of that overflow, I was able then to teach and share it with the kids. And, and I have a couple of doctors in that class that are now doctors and like, they corrected me a couple of times, which was awesome. And we learned together yep. in, out of humility. Right. And that was the, that was the beauty of it. And so, um, as I came to Veritas and heard, you know, exegetical teaching and like, man, that's just a new, new way. Like, that I've had to learn. And so that's really motivated me. And I get a ton out of actually chronologically reading mm-hmm. in, in context. So like reading the prophets with the actual book of the Kings. So I knew when they were warning the Kings and what time that came, that's a big deal to me. And even just like, even like the first Timothy verse, right. The, or the, the, um, first Timothy three, but uh, verse that we were or not first Timothy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Second Timothy three, second yeah. Timothy three. Sorry. Um, it's just like the context, right? the context for which we know those things is really important so that, you know, there's oftentimes a, a but or a so that or a therefore that yep. comes, right, right? And so even just like the um, the the Romans 12, 1 and 2, right? Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So this transformation of your mind to know God's word. But what is the therefore coming from, right? So if you date back to Romans 11 and go back there, the Jews actually actually rejected God, right? And so they rejected this idea of Jesus coming, these Mm -hmm. Pharisees. And so then the salvation was offered up to the Gentiles and people went to the Gentiles. And so in view of God's mercy to the Gentiles, we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifice. So Mm -hmm. like to add context to that is like, to me, that's really, really important to me. And just, I don't know what it does in my neurons in my brain, but it just causes them to like, oh my goodness, I got to learn the context for this and why this is being said in the, in and what's, what's happening there. So that exegetical teaching, the contextual uh, of reading through the Bible, so like growing us that way, just chronologically. And um, yeah, going from there. Um, some resources I know too, like um, growing us in this area, like uh, whether it's uh, the Veritas Library, um, you know, um, Resource Center, sorry, yep. that's yep. up there. Okay. But I think just the Bible Project is a big one too. So like when I was going through Revelation, I think I put that one on repeat just several times and it's it was like 14 minutes each one, part one, part two is 14 the minutes. read scripture videos? Yeah. 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 Where they so just like, go through every book yeah, in the Bible. So I yeah. just go through, I would just listen to those at work while I'm working and just over and over. 
And so I'd have a better context of what's happening. So like being able to learn and, um, in that, in that area and just articles like gospel coalition, um, APJ. So like the ask pastor, John, um, Mm -hmm. I, I pull that podcast open and see what's out, out there on that one. And I'm able to share that. Um, because in reality, not everybody's a connection group leader, but we're, but we're also stewards of God's word, right? All of us as believers, right? And so to be able to be given account for why we believe and in, in, in what we believe is is really important. So to minister out of the overflow and to have, um, not have all the answers, but learn together like AP biology, you know, yep. that's really, it's a really good context to do it. So I love that you brought that up because I think that's something that we need to talk about more is I think a lot of times where there's like this fear of evangelism or sharing our faith comes from a standpoint of like, I don't feel equipped. Like I don't know enough. And it's that the reality is it's so freeing to be able to say, I don't need to know enough, but I have everything that I need. So I know where to go. Like, what are my resources? I have the Bible. I can go, like I can learn alongside and like, how does this apply? If somebody asks a question, like one of your boys or a friend or your neighbor asks a question, you don't have to make it up on the spot or, you know, fake it till you make it. You can say, Hey, that's a great question. And like honor them with that response of like, I don't know the answer right now, but I'm willing to find out. Would you like, would you look at this with me or would you, can we, can we learn this together? That's, that's so helpful. You, you mentioned, um, ask pastor John, I think the other one, like just desiring yeah, their website yeah. and like, cause it has, I love the way that you can like search a topic or a question. It's either like there's an ask pastor John podcast or somebody wrote an article or there's a message that's on that passage or whatever. Um, the other one, do you guys have, uh, got questions, you know, that, that one, no. got questions.org. They, okay. They have like you type in what is the um, what does the Bible say about um, infertility? What does the Bible say about marriage? What is it? Like, nice. Whatever you can go and like look at a topic, or you can look at a specific like what does this mean in this passage? And it's like oh, here's commentators say this, kind of like a just a quick reference form. Yeah. But just love that. And to piggyback about earlier too, Jess mentioned, you know, um, just like being inspired by other people and what they've done. And I, I think like that, Jess does that for me as well. Just like to see, you know, her learning, asking questions like that drives me to learn Mm -hmm. because not not every time I have the answer for that and, um, or she's gone far past what maybe what, um, I may know or able to answer. And so like we either look it up together or whatever. And I think that's that thirst for knowledge is in obviously as part of our jobs, that's who we are um, and what we do. But I think um, more importantly uh, to apply that to God's word is really, really, really important. Right? Yeah. Sweet. Um, when you think about like as a church, when it comes to being shaped by God's word. So you talked about just even that leaning into more than just sitting under the preaching of God's word and participating in the, the hearing of God's word is that then, doing that work. And that's like why we send out connection group questions. That's why we do connection group. Cause it's like, we want to take this time to actually provide a space to apply and to talk through and to do that work of like, what is the application to my, like not just the theoretical, like this is the, these are the concepts that apply, but practically this is an area that I can pray that God would shape me and change me more that I can grow in. Here's some steps that I can take that kind of stuff. What's your vision for our church when it comes to learning as students of God's word, as disciples and disciple makers? 
Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit, but Romans 12, too, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think um, today it's so easy to be pulled in other directions, um, mm-hmm. like even waking up in the morning and like conform to the patterns of this world, like I'm scrolling on social media or, yeah. but what we fill our minds with is so important. Um, and just that transformation of the mind. Um, we want people that are transformed by God's word mm-hmm. and are set apart. And to, to do that, you need to spend time with God. And I just think back to when Moses um, came down from the mountain and was glowing because he had spent time with God. I mean, can people tell that from our lives? Hmm. Um, can they tell that we have been spending time with God? Hmm. Yeah, that's convicting. I mean, we could all pause right there for a while. Like, can people tell that we've been spending time with God? And I, that's obviously shown from the overflow and, and Moses glowing, but um, people knew it, right? They knew that that was there. So one thing I was going to add to that too, though, is I think just as a vision for Veritas, even just praying that that we would all um, uh, just desire that increase and desire that just time to learn and, and grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I put down also that like the Bible reveals who God is and what he has done. And so ultimately is his character. And the more we want to learn about his character and who he is and what he's done, the more we are drawn into worship. And so it gives us a greater vision for getting our eyes up out of the world. Um, second Peter, um, right into a kingdom that is coming, uh, one where we get the greatest prize ever, which is, which is God. Right. And so I think if we're looking for a vision for Veritas and what our hope is, it's like, People have the desire, given God's word, that people would be able to see that, that we'd have the courage and um, uh, bravery to share that, and that people would, would understand who God is and what he's done and see his character, and then give him the glory and praise that he's due, right? More people bringing him praise, and then ultimately getting him in the end. And so, again, tying this circling way back to the beginning— Again, why is God doing all these things in the very, very beginning? Why did he do the miracles in Egypt? Like it's to make his name known, right? That they mm-hmm. would know who he is and people would come to know who he is and never forget that. The command, do not forget who what I've done for you. Teach this to your children, your children's children, right? So they can learn about the character of God and give him praise and give him glory, right? And so as we talk about these things, we not only see those stories from the Bible, but we also see tons of great stories in this body of believers here that we are to share, you know, with our, with our kids and do all of those things. If we're sharing with others and telling about what, who God is and what he's done, they're getting a bigger picture of who God's character is. And when God's character is revealed, it draws everyone into more worship. Right. Mm. And, and so that's just really, I think that's really important. Which is so sweet. Like the, the, again, the point of us being committed to being shaped by God's word and learning is not even necessarily about us. It's about God's glory. It's about that information coming to us and going through us and being shared with other people. And again, not just like being better communicators or like I'm going, I'm going to learn this so I know it so I can give it to somebody else. But it it is like, no, it's God's grace to you and then God's grace working through you. Yeah. And so it's more than like not just information transfer yeah. but that heart transformation of like God's at work through his word yeah, and God's at work through our time committed to being shaped by who he is and what he's done for us. And the more that we're reminded of that and living out of that, God's going to work in and through that. And, and even just a little history lesson there. So on with Veritas history. So one of our first 
um, when we, when I first came on the elder team and the elders were first formed, one of the books we read was called sticky church. And mm-hmm. one of the ways that you, you, it's not about increasing attendance, right? It's about getting people to, to commit and, and buy into a, a body of believers and ultimately God. Right. And so, so from a sticky church standpoint, one of the things that they said to get, uh, uh help people stay involved and connected and to grow would be to, uh, open the front door, close the back door. And one way to do that is sermon-based small groups. So sermon-based small groups are what we call connection groups now, mm-hmm. right? And so connection groups are um, sermon applications. So there's no prep. Um, so Jess, I think maybe she would probably fully admit like, hey, if I have to just go off and wing something and like teach somebody about something, like I just need to prep for that, right? And we were talking before here, Jess is one that goes in on Saturday mornings and makes sure her lesson plans are down to a T for the whole entire week. Whereas mm-hmm. I might have the ability to just... That my lifestyle is is a wing it, let's go, you know, and and go from there. And so that that prep on um, her end, and um, yeah, just that prep I think is is really important. Um, but but from a sermon based small group perspective, back to the original topic. Sorry, I got off there. Um, the sermon based small groups, people don't have to prep that. They don't have to worry about coming in and having all of the answers. It's mm-hmm. come as you are. Whole, you've read the, you've read or listened to the message you attended or you listened online and then you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. You are ready to go and enter into an environment where we can all learn together at that point. So you don't have to read Mark one. You didn't have to go through a bunch of questions and write them out. It is to close that back door and keep people involved and growing all together is sermon based small groups. That was one of the philosophies we took on mm-hmm. from the start. And that's how we got to connection groups. And that provides a tremendous environment for people to come as you are and learn and grow together in mm-hmm. a really open and a vulnerable environment. Love it. Yeah. All right. So we already touched on a couple of resources. Do you guys have anything else that you didn't already mention? Where we, we got to that one a little early. We did. It, it tied in really well. It did. I love it. it. it was right there. Do you have anything else? Or I, do you guys, do you guys. Yeah. The, uh, the, um, I, I have the blue letter Bible too. Okay. So for those, um, that want to nerd out on a little bit more. Um, I think like the blue letter Bible is a place. Just an app or it a website. Is. Okay. Yeah. It's a blue I think letter. I've, I think I've gone to it on their, their webpage. Yeah. Before, and but they have there's a there. concordance there an interlinear, okay. interlinear concordance, I think is what they yep. call it. But I really go there when a certain word. So like if, if one of our pastors says something about a certain word, it could be, you know, contextually taken as this, or when I have a question about, um, whether I think it is, uh, is that the right word or what word are they really using there? I go and look up that specific passage, pull up in that certain word and see the literal translation of that word and maybe where it's used differently in scripture. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's a little harder to interpret. So I just kind of let it go and what it is, but sometimes it's really, really easy and you can see where they've used it in different areas. Mm -hmm. So like, even like uh, baptizo or like baptized, you know, you can go and look that up and see where it's, how it's used differently in the context. So the dipping of vegetables in the old Testament, you know, or whatever it was dunking of something versus yep. dipping of people in the new, you know, it's really, I think that just adds for me, like the context I, I mentioned earlier is really, really important. So it's, it's not going to expound on a lot, um, but it's going to give you kind of some different uh, translations and like even just the literal translation of what that word was really meaning when they said that. Mm-hmm. So like, um, long suffering, you know, we don't often, you don't see oftentimes long suffering in the Bible versus like patient or endurance or something like that might mean long suffering, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I love it. I'm learning right now. <laughs> this is fantastic. Now, I, again, I mean, just as we talk <clears throat> about being disciples we talk about being conformed unto the image of Christ, like there's, again, it's not these six different elements being all these disconnected things. It's really discipleship is one thing. And we've 
come up with these and decided like, we're going to focus on these six essential elements of discipleship for the sake of looking at discipleship from a different lens, like different perspectives. It's not, it's not just like do this one thing, master it and then move on to something else. But like, as we worship, we're learning, we're connecting, we're investing, we're going, we're abiding. Like all of those things are connected. And again, it's all about like God's glory. Like it's not about, just us being like built up into these super Christians. It's more of like what Paul is saying. Like the more we engage with this stuff and focus on this, we're going to like have to boast more in our weaknesses because we're going to see where we fall short. And, and that's okay. Like the point isn't to arrive. The point is to remember like God's grace is enough and it's sufficient and I'm being changed and I'm being transformed and it's all about God and it's not just about me. The more you learn about God, the more you realize you stink. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> you fell and, way and short. And the more grace we need. With more right. grace we need in balance. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So again, guys, um, a disciple of Jesus is somebody that grows in their knowledge of God and learning is about being familiar with and being shaped by the truths of scripture. And we think that this is important because our goal as a church is to raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries and glorify God. Um, Matt and Jess, thanks for chatting with us this morning and talking about what it means to be a disciple who is committed to learning, um, learning more about God's word and how it applies to us and can be shared with other people. Um, and I pray just for us as a church that we would commit to that. Like Jess, what you said, it just the more that we would pray to even have the desire to want to learn mm. that God would God would show us like taste and see that the Lord is good, that we would be reminded of that and attracted to that above all of the other distractions and the other things that we can do. Would that be our first desire of our heart? I pray that as a church, we would grow in that, that more of us would be praying that um, and that we would just, yeah, 10 years from now, have learned and grown and been shaped more by God's word. And so that that would, again, just overflow into other people's lives and would be conversations and people who would come to know Jesus because of ways that we've continuously been shaped by God's word and fallen more in love with Jesus. So thanks for joining us. Uh, We will be back with another episode shortly. Take care. Hope everyone is having a great summer and doing their best to glorify God in all that you do. Thanks, Matt and Jess.